Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Carolwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. How many are ready for the main point? Main point. The main point is the pain of feeling misunderstood and unknown is very real. But there is hope in community. The pain of feeling misunderstood and unknown is very real. But there's hope in community. How many of you have ever felt the loneliness that comes from feeling misunderstood? I'm pretty sure everybody's hands should be raised at this point. Okay? I'm going to ask that one more time. And let's see who else is brave in here. How many of you have ever felt the loneliness that comes from feeling misunderstood? Hey, look around. Honest people. The good news today is that God knows you. God knows you. The good news is there's actually someone someone out there that truly understands you. Psalm 103.14, it says, For he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are but dust. Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139.13 For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139.16 For your, your eyes saw my unformed body all my days. Ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139.1, you searched me, Lord, and you know me. I am, uh, I'm a pretty quirky person. <laughs> I'm rather off-kilter at times. Um, how many of you guys know me personally? Anybody like friends around here? Anyone who knows me personally knows I, I'm a little off-rhythm, right? And this is actually a tame version of me. This is actually a more like, like easy-to-absorb version in society. For those of you who knew me when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, whoo, I was like left field was my home. Like I just, okay. And so most of my life, most of my life I felt misunderstood. 
In fact, most of my upbringing, my brothers, um, my brothers used to make fun of me quite a bit, right? They didn't know what to do with me. Because, you know, you know, you got these guys, these boys, these teenagers, raging hormones, right? They would say some pretty inappropriate things about girls. But I didn't want to talk. I actually genuinely didn't want to talk inappropriate about, inappropriately about women, even at 13 years old. So my brothers used to call me gay and dumb. That's what they call me. Oh, Joel, he's, he's, he's gay. Or Joel, he's, he's dumb. That's what they called me most of my childhood. I was so misunderstood by the people that were supposed to be the ones that I call family. Anybody else ever relate to that at all? Feeling so misunderstood to the point of rejection? And I love my brothers. God bless them. I forgive them. It's just so funny how the ones that used to make fun of me now come to me asking me for advice. Isn't that cool how God flips it a little bit? Yeah? Yeah. It says in Psalm 139, verse 2, You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways, says Psalm 139.3. Before a word is formed on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That verse right there saved my life during my teenage years. People can call me one thing. I know what God calls me. He calls me fearfully and wonderfully made. This is what protected me from suicide in my early teen years. I actually needed to find my acceptance in the one who knows me because I was unknown by almost everyone else. They just didn't know what to do with me. I was, I was encountered by God at a very early age. At like seven years old, I met Lord at seven years old. And then at 13, I got a radical encounter. And so from 13 on, I was just not like normal people. But God knew me. God found me. God was my friend. And so today... Oof. The good news is that someone actually knows you. Someone actually understands you. It is a slight inconvenience. Everyone say slight inconvenience. It is a slight inconvenience that the person that knows me the most is invisible and sometimes hard to hear his voice. Wouldn't you agree? That's a slight inconvenience. That's a little bit tough to navigate sometimes. However, we can at least start this journey knowing that I'm not misunderstood by absolutely everyone. There's actually someone out there that gets me, that knows me. And that's a great place to start. 
Now, just so you know, you're not the only one that's ever been misunderstood. Can I get an amen? Did you know that the most misunderstood and unknown person in the history of all time is God himself? <laughs> if there's anyone who understands what it's like to be misunderstood by his own people, it's God. But God is looking to be known and accepted by his bride. He is looking for community among his people. Did you hear that, church? Have you ever been to a church and it's kind of hard to find friends? Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Been to a church, hard to find friends? Hopefully that's not the case here, but we're working on it, right? We're working on it, okay. But did you know that God sometimes comes to church and it's hard for him to find friends there? What a tragedy that God sometimes comes to his own house and can't find any friends. He's looking for community among his own bride. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 3, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. I hope and pray for this church that we don't hold God in low esteem. I hope and pray that we aren't so focused on our programs and our ideas and our efforts and even well-meaning attempts at helping bring justice and all these wonderful things. I hope we are so not caught up in our own activities that we accidentally hold him in low esteem. I hope that when he comes here, he finds friends. He's had Jesus, our, our Savior, has and always have had a deep desire to connect, and yet he's always been deeply misunderstood. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 11, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Let me ask you a question. It's pretty common to feel misunderstood by the general public. Would you agree? Yes? It's pretty common, right? But have you ever felt misunderstood by those closest to you? In fact, have you ever felt like you were not known by a spouse or a loved one? For those of you who are single, you have, you have close loved ones. But for those of us who are married, this kind of thing can even creep into our own deepest covenant relationships. Or we don't feel known by the other person, like they don't get us. Like it's, almost like, it's almost like they don't even understand where we're coming from. Have you ever felt that before? Am I the only one? In those kinds of cases, my friends, God continues to be the example of how we should respond. Are you ready for this? For many of us, if we continue feeling unknown, everyone say unknown. 
for many of us, if we continue feeling unknown, unseen, and or misunderstood by a spouse or close loved one, our initial logical inclination is to quit the relationship. If we continue to feel like we're unknown, like you don't get it, like you don't get me, why am I still here? What am I doing here? That's the initial logical inclination. You know what? Maybe I need to go find someone else that better understands me. Is this too honest for church? Or can I get an amen? Oh, okay. We have some honest people. Good. <laughs> Disclaimer. Most shallow relationships simply don't require the difficulty of enduring vulnerability, especially if there's abuse or danger present in the connection. Agreed? Agreed? Okay. However, I do say, do not quit in trying to reveal who you are. Do not quit in trying to reveal who you are. And do not quit continuing to make a safe place for those closest to you to do the same. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that when God created Adam and Eve, it says they were naked and they felt no shame. This is the kinds of relationships we're trying to build in this church. It's what I call naked relationship. Everyone, please keep your clothes on. <laughs> this isn't that kind of church. Okay? <laughs> don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. If you drive up on Lutz on, on Highway 41, you will find a different kind of environment. Not here, though, okay? This is Citrus Park. Not the same. We're careful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> However, they were naked and they felt no shame. I believe that that is more than just physical bareness. They were emotionally bare before one another, hiding nothing, and yet no shame was present. That is the kind of relationships you and I need to have if we're going to live a life worth living. If not, what's it all for? If not, what's it for? Making money? I'm gonna tell you right now, that gets boring really fast. I know people with money. I know people with money that have great relationships and have wonderfully fulfilled lives. I know people with money that have no friends and are this close to suicide. Naked relationship. Being bare before one another, accepting one another, and continuing to make a safe place for others to do the same. Do you want to know why I'm intentionally quirky now? Now I'm doing it on purpose. Now, I mean, I was weird before without trying. Now I'm weird on purpose. Because I intentionally make a safe place for other people to be themselves. In fact, one of my great prayers of my life is to be the safest place on the planet for people to be themselves. Because just so you know, God absolutely plans to change you according to the image of his son. You know? It's not just come as you are and then don't change, right? It's come as you are and then be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Hello? 
However, you cannot transform into the likeness of Jesus if you're wearing a mask. You cannot transform into the likeness of Jesus if you're just wearing a mask. Because then, the effect of connection cannot bear its fruit in your soul. Because then all people are connecting with is a mask. They're not actually touching you. In fact, Jesus, ooh, man, isn't Jesus awesome? He's like perfect. He's actually perfect, but he's like perfect. When he walked up to the man of leprosy, when he walked up to the man of leprosy, you know what he did? The man of leprosy walked up to Jesus and he said, hey, Jesus, I know you can heal me if you are willing. Actually, he said in the verse, if you are willing, I know you can heal me. He was sure of God's power. He knew God could. He just wasn't sure that God would. He was sure of God's ability, but he wasn't convinced about God's goodness. And of course, what does Jesus do? The perfect expression of the Godhead, the full exact image and representation of the Father, looks at the man of leprosy and says, I am willing. And then, watch this, he steps across the divide, reaches out, and touches him. This is Jesus we're talking about. This is the man that with his whisper, he made the cosmos. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke the the black holes and quasars and gravitational pull and supernovas and grass and trees and oxygen and molecules. He spoke, and all this came into being. He did not have to touch this man of leprosy. He could have just declared him whole. But Jesus wanted to not just transform his physical body, he wanted to transform his soul. This man had not been touched by another human being since at least his diagnosis. This man of leprosy had not known the touch of another person because everyone, if if he actually exposed his robes, everyone would see the nasty leprosy beneath and everyone would go running. But Jesus, not afraid of this man's ugly, reaches out and touches him. You must do the same to your friends and neighbors. Stop being afraid of their ugly and reach out and touch them. As he is, so are we in this world. Stop rejecting the very people God has called you to love. And by doing so, what you give shall be given unto you. Are you feeling lonely? Go and find people and say, hey, I want to hang out with you. Hello? If you're feeling alone, you must give that which you want to receive. Or did I lose you? I think I lost you. Yep, I lost you. Yep. There it goes. Lost the connection. Is it the mic? It's the mic. It's the mic. What does God do? God has a bride that doesn't understand him. God has a spouse that doesn't get him. So how does he respond to a spouse that doesn't understand him? 
How does he respond to a deep loved one, to a child that doesn't understand him? How does he respond? The Bible calls Jesus our brother. How does he respond to a sibling that doesn't get him? You know what he does? It says it in Isaiah 65, verse 12. I'm going to read it in two translations in case you miss it the first time. <laughs> Isaiah 65, verse 12, in the New International Translation says this. All day. Everyone say all day. You didn't say it loud enough. I'm not convinced. Say all day. Day, I have held my hands open to an obstinate people. This is how our God responds to a loved one that does not understand him. And he's like that all day long. All day long, I have held my hands open to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. Isaiah 65 verse 12 in the Amplified says this. Oof. I have spread my hands all day to re rebellious and stubborn people. If you're ever in close relationship with someone, whether if it's a sibling, a parent, a child, or a spouse, one of the hardest things to overcome is someone else's stubbornness. God knows this all too well. God knows this pain all too well. How long did he have to wait for you? How long did it take for you to realize that he had his arms open to you? Our God did not give up on you when you didn't understand him. So now I'm asking you not to give up on building community with people that maybe don't understand you just yet. Keep trying. Keep investing. Become what I like to call rejection proof. Rejection is not part of the process of building community, guys. Rejection is the process. there are some connections that are worth feeling a little bit of pain over. You know? I have this friend. His name is Garrett Hackbarth. And he's going to absolutely be upset that I'm mentioning his name. But it's okay. It's fine. He picks on me, so I get to pick on him a little bit. Garrett basically just like forced himself into my life. friends with Garrett now for over 10 years and I mean he just kept saying hey let's hang out I'm like okay sure and then like hey all right let's get on the calendar okay sure and then I finally after like the third or fourth time of him asking I agree to get on the calendar and then we hang out and it was lackluster at first like all right hey let's do it again ah. okay fine and now, 10 years later, we've been in each other's weddings. 
We've watched each other's kids be born. Our kids play together. And although he lives now over an hour away, we still see each other from time to time. That is a friendship that has blessed my life. Because he was willing to take a little bit of rejection to keep exposing himself to me and asking me to do the same. Some of these connections are worth a little bit of pain. Wouldn't you agree? And now that's one kind of more of a, like a, a little bit of a less tame version, but what about like a marriage spouse? I still sometimes feel like I don't always understand Brianna. And I still sometimes feel that she doesn't always understand me. But I'm not going to quit on her. And I'm not going to quit trying to reveal who I am to her and communicate who I am to her. And then I'm not going to quit trying to give her a safe place to do the same for me. Because our goal is not safe distance. Our goal in our marriage is not safe distance. Our goal is life-giving connection. And it's a little hard to do that with very, very like opposite-ended people like me and Brianna. But oh, it's worth it. The Bible says, frustrated sometimes with this very thing they asked him you know Jesus was telling them about the things of the kingdom trying to make himself known to his people and they say hey Jesus can you give us another miracle oh you foolish people how long must I bear with you only a wicked and unbelieving generation ask for a sign I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to build a connection with you. And you just want me to do a little magic trick for you? Come on. I thought we were past this already. God is looking for community among his bride. He wants to be known by his spouse. He knows you. He has taken the time to count all the numbers on your head. Or the numbers of hairs on your head. Sorry. He's numbered the hairs on your head. That's what it says in the Bible. He's taking the time to know you. He's asking you to do the same with him. And he's asking you to do the same with one another. You have to do your part, church. To be known by God and feeling accepted by God just might be what is needed to give us the courage to be an unhidden, unmasked people. To finally show the real version of ourselves. If God accepts me and I genuinely live from that place, I can have the courage to be my full self in front of someone that may reject me. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Having predestined us into adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and of the glory of his grace, 
by which we have been accepted in the beloved. There's a category in heaven called beloved. I believe it's right smack dab in the middle of the Trinity. And that's where God has accepted you. He's accepted you, Joe. There's no need to hide. But I might be too much for people. No. Because the same love of God that lives in you lives in the godly community. This is why a great place to start making friends is the church. Because not everyone has the love of God in their heart. But at least this is a good place to start. Not a perfect place. But this is a good place to start. a community that actually understands you if you do your part and do not give up. You don't have to live your life feeling unknown, misunderstood. There needs to be a little bit of intentionality in your part to continue to keep your arms open even if you risk rejection. You have to be a little bit intentional. And then the other thing too is you have to be aggressively intentional in getting to know others. Ask them about who they are. Listen, there was a time in my life where I was extremely lonely. I had no friends. But I started becoming obsessive, obsessive with getting to know people. Asking them who they are. Asking them how's their heart. What, are they, what, is, what is the good and bad in their season of their life? And when, you know what I began to notice? You know what I began to notice, church? Am I losing you? Am I losing you? You know what I began to notice? They started asking me about how I'm doing. They started asking me about what's going on with me. They started giving me a safe place to unveil myself. And then lo and behold, I'm not so lonely anymore. In fact, I have not felt lonely in years. Do I feel misunderstood sometimes? Sure. But then it's on me to communicate what I'm going through to people I know who care. And give them a chance to know who I am. That way I don't have risk of trying to jump from one relationship to another. Is this getting this? Anybody? Is this, are you getting this? Does this mean anything to you? I sure hope it does. Because a life without relationships, a life feeling misunderstood and unknown, wow, it's an empty life. You must be intentional to, get the, to give that which you want to receive. Give and it shall be given to you. Press down together. Uh, shaken down, press down together until it's running over in your lap. You want connection? Go start connecting with people. You want people to pay attention to you? Start paying attention to them. Ask them about them. And I promise you, it will then come back your way. Just, this is how this works. But sitting around, waiting for someone to come to you, probably not the best odds. Amen? Why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you because I don't want you to be a lonely people. I know what it's like to be lonely. I hate it. God doesn't want you to be lonely either. In fact, if God wanted you to be alone, he would have put you on your own planet. There's more planets than there are people. He would have put you on a nice little planet of you and just you and him. But no, he chucked seven billion of us onto this one little speck of dust, crammed 
to sin like sardines. Now you got to do your part. Amen? God knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be misunderstood. You are not alone in that. But you all, they won't understand me. Wrong. They're just as weird as you. Give them a, give them a chance, you know? If not weirder. You don't have to live your life feeling un unknown and misunderstood. You must grow in wisdom on how to communicate who you are. Effective communication is important, yes? You must communicate who you are within so that people can have the ability to understand who you are. But, don't quit. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Carrollwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.